When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No one pulls up like we do. No one does us like we do. Always go hard with this screw. Welcome to the show, let's make moves. Nothing's gonna stop us, it's time to get rough. Turn the whole room up, it's never enough. Let's go, let's go. It's go time! The SENSA Breakfast Podcast with Mark Finkley and Jared Walsh. Let's go! Tuesday, it is a new week, the end of January, SENSA breakfast. We continue after another big weekend. Bryce Gibbs, we were saying before that we were pumped that school has gone back. You can see the joy in so many parents' faces. You can hear a bit of energy in us this morning, even though it's the start of the week where you normally are a bit more tired. Yeah, you're spot on. And I mean, we love our kids to death. There's, mm. there's no question about that. But uh, at the end of school holidays, especially the, the Christmas school holidays, it's uh, it's nice just to get them out of the house and let the teachers yep. deal with they them can for deal a with little it. bit. Uh, take a deep breath again. We had a, a lot of guests on the show today. We spoke to Mark Choco Williams, and the thing about Choco is you ask him one question, he goes for about 15 minutes. So um, we were very late going into the news, which we'll probably get in trouble for. But, you know, this is an honest, safe space when it comes to podcasting. But... Geez, he gives good insight. He gives good passion. One of our um, text contributors said, what a great guest to wake up to. Speaks from the heart. So much passion and keeps doing the right thing, Choco, doesn't he? He certainly does. Port Adelaide royalty. And, yeah, we spoke all things footy, really. What his role is at Melbourne um, in the development space. The, that was the, the young, longest question, that one. The, y- it, the young kids yep. he's working with. Um, <laughs> And uh, some some questions around Melbourne's training standards and and how the the, the chemistry with uh, Max Gorn and Brody Grundy's going. Uh, then Mark Milligan from Adelaide United after challenging weekend for the Reds and Matt Short, who lovely guy, up and about, um, out of contract for the Strikers, and we'd like to we'd like to keep him. It's it's really weird. I don't want him to play for Australia because I want him to stay at the Strikers. <laughs> Is that bad? That's the uh, the Strikers selfishness coming out in you, Jared, and there's nothing wrong with that because uh, we've loved what Shorty's done for the Strikers over the last couple of years and obviously winning the, the BBL Player of the Year was fantastic achievement for him and uh, we hope to get his signature again next year for uh, for our Strikers. Played a, a great game of the Bryce is Right um, football club songs. You're going to have to stick around and have, until, have a listen to that because the intro is the intro is okay. I mean, we're building with the intro, and I think it's going to be spot on by the time you leave, yeah, yeah. which is not going to be great. That's okay. We can maybe inherit the segment over to Saturdays in SA once that uh, fires up. But uh, for a fee. I've copyrighted yeah, that. I've copyrighted it. All good. That's uh, my I'm sure we can come to some sort of arrangement. Enjoy the podcast. Make sure you download the SEN app, and you can listen and contribute to the show any way that you like. We will catch you on the next episode. Here it is. Tire power. Winning deals always. MG. Coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. Bye.
And good morning to you. Happy Tuesday, 31st of January, 2023. Bryce Gibbs, can you believe it? The last day of the first month of the year. We're here already. The year's just flying by. Christmas is around the corner. It, it is flying, Jared. And morning to you. Morning to the listeners. This morning, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy how quick time is going at the moment. I, I can't believe it's Feb tomorrow. We're up and about, and I I think um, as we sit here right now in SENSA Studio Lumo SA, One King William Street, we're powered by Lumo Energy SA. We are powered. We are energetic, and you can you can tell that there's just a natural spring in our step. There's a glow. We're energised, and that's because school went back yesterday. <laughs> yes, the big handball, uh, which, and it gets to a point where they, they need to get back to school yeah. and out of the house. The, well, my kids, anyway, are going a bit stir-crazy, Yeah, continuously just tipping the house upside down. Um, there's only so many times you can take them to the park and to the zoo and wherever else they need to go, try and handball them off to basketball clinics and uh, whatnot. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit of a... Uh, Take a deep breath now and the uh, teachers can enjoy uh, their company for a, for a couple of weeks. It's amazing. I picked up my daughter yesterday at three o'clock and she looked exhausted and I'm like, great. You've been stimulated for the whole day. You have deserved uh, the uh, opportunity to sit on the couch and watch iPad for the afternoon. You can have, you know what? You can have two icy poles today. You, you've earned this. Well done. So dad went and, um, and mowed the lawns and I don't know if you saw on my social media yesterday, um, there was a snake in my neighbourhood, which was um, just a really weird experience, to say the least. Um, a moving house at the moment, and my neighbour was helping me uh, with a drop sheet to put in the back of my car because I'm trying to move some framed jerseys that I've got, and a couple of them are smashed, and I'm really emotional about it. So I wanted to get that kind of sorted, and then he called me in a real panic, and he said, Jared, you wouldn't believe what's happened. I've moved the drop sheet, and then something hit me on the chest. I'm like, okay, that's great. Thank you for sharing that with me. And then he sent me a photo and it was a massive snake. And I don't, I don't do snakes. You're not a, sna- a snake man? No, no, absolutely not. And I'm like straight away thinking, burn the house down. I want nothing to do with it. And then I messaged with a mutual friend, you and I, who is the, the reptile king, Kyle Chalmers. And I took a photo and I said, Kyle, uh, hope you're well. Uh, f- uh, first of all, what the hell is this? And his response that's someone's pet. Jungle carpet python, not dangerous at all. And I wrote, I cried. And he said, what did you do with it? And I said, well, the snake catcher's coming or rest in peace. And the, the snake catcher came. Jace, can you please uh, retweet that on our um, Twitter, the photo of the snake, just so everybody can see what I'm speaking about. Very colourful. Yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. And I, look, I'm scarred by that. But my daughter wanted to see it. No. You don't want to see that. I don't want my daughter growing up thinking that that's a nice thing. So you you wouldn't obviously not not dangerous. Not dangerous. You you wouldn't you wouldn't be, feel comfortable holding a snake. No, you never. I have. I, I oh, went. You, have you, you have, been to Have you been to Kyle's house before and been to his disgusting snake lair? It's uh, it's a setup. Yeah, it's a setup. And if you're into that sort of thing, exactly. Which clearly, you're not. Not into that sort of thing. It's, I'm not, not into your... that sort of thing. <laughs> It's really bad. So, uh, look, we'll, we'll put a photo of that um, on our Twitter followers, 1629. If you want to get involved, uh, of course, you can call us, 1300 736 736, or send us a text to 0427 154 166. The best thing to do is save those numbers into your phone, or if you're listening on the app, you can 
get involved straight away. A lot of sport happened over the weekend. We'll get a sports update really soon, but anything stand out for you? Because again, I feel like we've said it for the past three weeks, mixed results for our Adelaide teams, but we had some good results and you watched some live sport over the weekend. Certainly did. And uh, you're spot on with uh, getting some good results, but unfortunately for some of our teams, it's a little too late. Yeah. Uh, You still like them to finish off the year well and, Use some of that uh, good form leading into next year. Uh, we're talking about our 36ers, for example, who uh, who had a good win overnight. But uh, I did, um, obviously, a lot happening in terms of the, the Australian Open that, yep. that wound up over the weekend. But our Giants, our Adelaide Giants, I went down and uh, and had a look on Saturday night. It was all uh, excited. Took, uh, took my lad Charlie along and unfortunately... Uh, it got rained out. On that the was Saturday a big rain day on it Saturday. Was, yeah. Good for the garden, but bad for the hadn't, baseball. Hadn't rained for the best part of two or three months. And yeah. it decides to rain on uh, the semi-final night of uh, the Adelaide Giants, but not to worry. Um, tickets were still valid for the next day, so mm-hmm. headed along uh, and watched them play Auckland. Unfortunately, they lost game two, uh, but that's okay because we'd won game one on the Friday night. Went to a decider later that day, which uh, which they won. So. The Adelaide Giants are heading to the final uh, this weekend against uh, Perth. Yeah, and that's great for South Australian sport and great for the Giants. Wanted to quickly touch on the Australian Open. I managed to watch the end of the men's final, uh, Novak defeating uh, Stefanos Tsitsipas. And we've got to give a shout-out to the Aussie boys as well, Jason Kubler and Ricky Hitch-Carter, who uh, are doubles champions, probably a little bit under the radar compared to um, Kyrgios and Kokonakis last year, but... <laughs> The thing that fascinated me about Novak was the post-match ceremony. You really get the vibe that he and Tsitsipas don't like one another because uh, he was quite pointed in what he said post-match. The number 22 on the front of his tracksuit is something that really got me thinking. Um, So obviously 22 Grand Slams, his 10th Australian Open. His crew had the number 10 on their T-shirts. This is premeditated stuff. Now, I'm a sports jersey and sports uh, apparel nerd. When did the 22 get brought up to Novak? Is this a pre-tournament thing where they say, listen, if you win, you will wear this? Because potentially that could be a bad omen if you see that early, just like the premiership T-shirts that are sitting in a box in some random country in the world that were made on grand final day for the runners-up. They get put through the incinerator if you're the losing team. They do. five minutes of the siren going. Because uh, you don't need those sort of things. You imagine the, the North Adelaide uh, coaching staff getting the T-shirts ready to go in the last minute of the Sandful Grand Final last year. And then Matt Panos says, no, 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 we need the Norwood ones that are going to come out. So Novak could only wear that once because by the time we get to the next Grand Slam, his, his like colorway and his um, Lacoste stuff would have changed. So I wonder when that conversation happened that he's going to start wearing number 22. Well, I feel... Oh, oh, there's no, there's no doubt. It's a premeditated decision. Yes, and I just feel the sort of player, the sort of uh, personality Novak is. There's no doubt he would have been completely fine <laughs> with having this sort of uh, yeah. this sort of thing in his bag, and he he probably would have used it as motivation too. Probably would have been sitting in his in his sports bag at every yep. game. He'd if he was struggling in between sets or games, he could. You know, just open the bag and oh, 
this is what I, this is what I'm hunting for. Uh, to to help him lift to the next level, but uh... I feel it's a bad omen. I, th- I there's a uh, in hockey in South Australia. There's a team, the Adelaide Hockey Club. A couple of years ago, they were in all four of the major grand finals. So the men's and women's seniors and the men's and women's reserves. They had those t-shirts and they were visible, and they lost all four games. Well, Novak's gear obviously wasn't visible until correct it happened. So um, as you say, you don't want to. Go too early. Yes, upsets certainly do happen. And he was fighting. A, he was fighting a, a hamstring injury for the yeah. tournament as well. So, at any moment, he could have pinged his, his hammy, and yep. it could have been tournament over as well. So, not only could he have got beaten, which I think he only dropped one set for, yeah, the, for was... the whole tournament. He was completely dominant uh, in, in the men's in the men's draw, as we know. But um, I think when you've won twenty one, I think you can have some sort of. Uh, confidence about uh, I think where, you're right. where you're heading with things. So, I think you're right. Uh, uh, we, we have a question. A move, that's for sure. We, we're going to put something on um, a, a Twitter poll. We'll get Jason um, very soon to talk about that. We are here thanks to Tire Power. Big holiday sale now. And we've got a lot of guests on the show this morning as well. Um, not too far away, actually. We're going to speak to Mark Williams. Um, Choco, coach of the Port Adelaide uh, Premiership team in 2004, but, but also so much more than that. His influence on um, so many athletes in Australian rules football and the South Australian community is paramount. It'd be great to chat to him about Melbourne, especially how they bounce back after a really disappointing 2022 season. Yeah, I'm really uh, looking forward to this interview and, and I want to get his thoughts and understanding on, on why we keep hearing about Melbourne's training standards. Mm. A lot of the reports out of Melbourne um, from from our guys from uh, SEN, David King, I think has been quoted saying by far they set the bar for intensity at pre-season training. So looking forward to quizzing Choco on, on who, who runs that. Is that a Simon Goodwin initiative? Is that a, is that a leadership group player-driven thing? But uh, by all reports from multiple sources, they set the bar for training intensity over the pre-season. Going to follow it on with uh, another Mark, and that's Mark Milligan from Adelaide United. Disappointing weekend for the Reds. Uh, double header against Melbourne City. The women went down 1-0 to City, uh, which a few weeks ago that, that happened as well. They they lost to City um, at home at Service FM Stadium. But the men, a three-all draw. The result's almost irrelevant. I mean, we need to speak about the result, but the the horrific injury to Juande, who um, went through surgery yesterday. I've been in touch with him, and he's gone through surgery successfully. But so many questions coming from what happened uh, with that 30 minutes that stopped the match. Uh, and it's really disappointing to to see uh, a player like one day go down. He was back from suspension, came onto the pitch, um, and he's 36, he's out of contract, and there's, there's a lot of questions at the club. The club and one day need to probably have answered over the next couple of weeks, but his health's paramount, and it was pretty brutal to watch. I've, I've, I've never seen an injury like that in professional sport. It actually reminded me years and years ago of – Nathan Brown, when he was playing for Richmond, when he broke his leg like that, it was it's pretty traumatic. Yeah, it certainly is. And, and we don't like seeing these sort of things happen on a, on a sporting field. But unfortunately, injuries are a part of the game. And uh, you, you sort of tend to see these leg injuries more so in soccer or yeah. you know, football, if you, if, you, if you want to call it that, uh, especially overseas. So, um, yeah, it can get pretty dangerous. Um, and, yeah, there was a bit of controversy on how it all played out. In the end, uh, and we'll, we'll certainly get Mark's thoughts on that. But um, just getting back to the result, um, it was a pretty good effort, and it, it took them till the Melbourne City were uh, sitting top of the ladder. 
Yeah. And it took them to the 92nd minute to to salvage a draw. So we were, we were pretty close from walking away with three points against the top side. So it was, we, a, it was a pretty good performance. It was. When you look at the scoreline, um, yes. But I also think um, it flattered us a little bit because Melbourne, two of Melbourne's three goals were from uh, – sorry, two of our uh, goals were from really poor defensive errors from Melbourne City. So there are moments where um, we need to capitalise more on that. I think we scored – in the first minute via George Blackwood, who also has um, injured himself. I don't think it's, it's as bad. Mark will be able to tell us about that. But it, it's games like that where um, three points turns to one and you get to the back end of the season. We need to get as many points as possible. And it was a similar storyline to the Adelaide Strikers who wanted to get as many points as possible, missed out on the BBL finals. But the player of the tournament, our very own Matt Short, who we're going to be speaking to this morning as well. We'd love to speak to you too. So you can give us a call, one 736 736 Six Morn Team Ford Mount Barker for V6 Ranger. We are here in SENSA Studio Lumo. So get involved. Plenty of things to talk about. It's SENSA Breakfast. Good morning. Is this entertaining? Tire power. Winning deals always. MG. Coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. 19 minutes past six on this Tuesday morning. Good morning, Adelaide. Uh, Mark Bickley joining the show in the middle of Feb. A couple of weeks away as well, Bryce Gibbs, as we sat here in SENSA Studio Lumo, 1 King William Street, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Got a phone call from Bix over the weekend and said he's very excited to be uh, joining the team and uh, he's been listening intently. So he's basically treating us like he treated the Adelaide Crows back in 97, 98, like the captain, and uh, he's giving some feedback, and he's very impressed. Well, that's great. Well, if he's such an avid listener already, Mark, uh, if you're listening, just jump on the text, send us a text, let us know how we're going this morning, buddy. It'd be, it'd be great to hear from you. I think that would be very good. Now, uh, we have a, a couple of new segments we are going to introduce you to this week, and one of them is called The Wire. <laughs> A lot of this stuff we haven't heard before, but we're just we're doing it anyway. So, uh, Jace, our producer, good morning. Your microphone is on. Lovely to see you on this Tuesday once again. Thank you very much. Yes, The Wire or Entertainment News is uh, probably, as you might have just heard there from the old Entertainment Tonight theme. You'd remember that, Bryce, well, wouldn't you? Uh, that one went straight over my head. Did you, do you not remember? <laughs> see, now no. that's making us feel very old. I know, right. Um, yeah. So, Entertainment News, I wanted to quickly um, make a big, bold statement. Now, I'm not a big, bold statement guy, but when I do make a statement, um, I think it's important that everybody listens. Um, so, over the weekend, I watched a, a couple of movies that I haven't seen in ages. I struggle to relax. Um, normally, I'm working at sport over the weekend, and this weekend... I wasn't working at any sport, so I didn't know what to do with myself. I had to spend time with my family. I mean, I chose to spend time with my family, and I sat down on the couch and uh, put a couple of movies on, and uh, I watched Wayne's World 1 and Wayne's World 2. Have we both seen Wayne's World? Yes, yes, back in the day. Um, so is this officially Walshy's mo- uh, Absolutely movie? Absolutely not. No, 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 no. I'm not a movie guy, but I needed to do that to try and like switch it. off. Bryce, have you seen Wayne's World? Do you have any audio there, just the crickets playing in the background? What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? I haven't seen it. Really? You've not seen never Wayne's seen World? I've never seen Wayne's World. What's what, wrong with you? Have I, am I missing out on something? You are, and this is the thing. My recommendation to you, SEN loyal listeners... Go back and watch the old movies from the 90s that you may not have found funny then because you may not have got the jokes. 
But now as a fully grown adult, I get the jokes and it's hilarious. So Bryce, your mission this week, you can get it on your streaming services, watch at least Wayne's World 1. You have to. That's the mission, is it? Yep. All Do right. you accept it? Sure. <laughs> sure. Can we have Bryce's movie reviews next week, perhaps. All right. Well, this has been The Wire. Thank you so much, everybody. Yeah, great. <laughs> the music's pretty good. Uh, Jace, what's going on on social media? we got a couple of polls up this morning. Yes, we do. So um, everyone's going hard on the greatest of all time. We heard Kane on Sports Day last night. Kane Corn's talking about... Is Novak Djokovic the greatest athlete of all time? That might be a little bit of a stretch, but I wanted to go a little bit different, uh, take a different route on this on the back of Novak winning the Australian Open. We haven't had much success in men's singles in tennis in the modern era, so I'm asking the question, who is the greatest singles player in the men's side of things in Australian tennis history in the in the modern era? All right, so okay. that's from 1980 onwards. Now, You've got three options to choose from there. Pat Cash, um, Pat Rafter, and Leighton Hewitt. Now, uh, Hewitt and Rafter both won two majors. I think Leighton played in four finals. Rafter played in three. Pat Cash won Wimbledon back in 87. And that was when the tenants renaissance in Australia started. Pat Cash winning Wimbledon and playing in a couple of Australian Open finals as well. So we'd love to get your thoughts on that one. I've also gone to a bit of footy mm. because we need a bit of footy, I reckon. Um We've got three big recruits, and I know that there's more that have come from other clubs to play for teams in Adelaide this season, but the three biggest names, of course, are Jason Horn francis Junior Rioli, and Isaac Rankin. Which one of them will make the most impact on their club this season? That's what we want to know. Do you have any thoughts on that that second one specifically, Gibbsy? Uh, I do. Um I think where both teams are at uh, and where both lists are at, I think Isaac Rankin can have the biggest influence on the Crows this year out of all three of them. Yeah, I agree. I'm it's not a case of who's going to be the better player. It's who's going to have the biggest influence this year on the playing group. And I tend to agree with you boys, but it will be interesting to see. Uh, I think Junior Rioli is the wild card there because mm. Port Adelaide uh, with the loss of Robbie Gray, he could be the uh, well one of the missing links alongside Orazio Fantasia if they can get a few goals. So, and they've got Big Dixon bringing it down. So we'll see. Uh, I, I want to give you the thirty sixes right way home after their win last night, too, boys. Yes, great win against the Cairns Taipans. Four key games in the last week of the season will decide whether or not the thirty sixes can pull off a miracle. So, two of them are played on Friday night. The thirty sixes must beat the Kings at home. We know that. Got to yep. tick that off. That's going to be tough. That is going to be tough. We'll need the Cairns Taipans that we just knocked off mm. to bounce back against Perth in Perth. That's tough going to be ask. tough. <laughs> tough ask. But if that happens, then we move down to Sunday where we've got two games again that are going to decide it. So we'll then travel to Melbourne to take on Melbourne United. Must win. Got to win that game. Yep. And then we need the Kings to knock off the Wildcats. So if all of those four results go our way... We can do it. Then hang, we're in. Hang on, hang on. So you're telling me there's a chance. There's a chance. <laughs> oh, oh, so, so he's seen Dumb and Dumber, but he hasn't seen Wayne's World. Well, thank you for that, Jace. Now, Jace, you run our Twitter at 1629SENSA. That's correct? That is correct. Uh, a bit of feedback. Just uh, coming home from dinner last night, and I've gone onto our Twitter just to have a look on what's coming up on the show today. Um, we just need to phrase things a bit differently because the feedback on our Twitter um, oh, uh, said, our guests include Melbourne 
um, ass coach. Mark Williams. Oh, yes, okay. So, uh, with now, that, I knew that, this was going to get some feedback. <laughs> now, I've got, I've got to get this out there. Twitter gives you a character limit. I know, but it just, it just, <laughs> it reads like he's not there to coach football and he's there it's to make sure they're glued. assistant, to... all right? Twitter also doesn't miss. <laughs> <laughs> it's 26 minutes past six. S-E-N-S-A breakfast. Good morning. Say summer breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. 28 minutes to seven on this Tuesday morning. Uh, news very shortly and also Mark Williams from the Melbourne Football Club. Uh, we have some big questions to ask him as well in regards to what's happening with the Demons. They knocked out in straight sets last year after winning pretty much the first 10 games, Gibbsy. Um, he's going to be great to talk to as well, Choco. Always provides a really good insight. If you have any questions too, feel free to send us a text 0427154166. And just to find out how the the nearly the best ruck duo we've seen for a while mm. in Gorn and Grundy, how those two chemistry is going as well. So plenty of great questions to ask, Choco. Uh, our good friend Callum uh, was at it nice and early off the text line at about 10 to 6 this morning. Anyone else react to their alarm going off this morning like LeBron did contesting a foul? Saw that over the weekend. Not very happy with the, the referees in regards to Jason Tatum. Um, assaulting him on the basketball court. He had a fair case too. Yeah, he did. But did you see the the best part about that match, for for those of you who who don't follow the NBA, there's a player on the Lakers, his name's Patrick Beverly, who is a very maligned player, uh, really good defensively, but... He's annoying. So he's, he's really, really, he's like the, he's Ryan, the, he's he's the Ryan Crowley of uh, the NBA yes. back, back years ago. And uh, what he did when the referees didn't call the foul, he literally went to one of the digital team, grabbed a camera and went and showed the referee <laughs> the foul. And what did the, the referee do? He said, no, well, you can have a tech foul now. So uh, we will give that to He didn't care, but it's very funny with that stuff. Thank you very much, Callum, for getting involved. Uh, we're going to go to the news. And next we will speak to Mark Williams on SENSA Breakfast. Is this entertaining? Tire power. Winning deals always. MG, coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. On this Tuesday morning, 31st of January, the Australian Open is over. We turn our attention to footy season, which uh, is not too far away, Bryce Gibbs. Everything starts to get in in order now. What happens in the the mentality of an AFL player once the Australian Open finishes and you see Feb coming? Do you get excited because um, the preseason matches are pretty close? You certainly do. And January is probably the hardest month to get through because you're at that stage in preseason where you can't really get too much fitter, but games are still a good four, five weeks away. So... Uh, it's exciting times because the you're doing a lot of match sim this time of year. As you said, the the, the preseason games are, are not far away, and you sort of go from preseason mode sort of nearly into in season mode, which is uh, which is good. Means more footy and less running laps. Feels like the end of summer as well. 26 degrees today, but how about this? Tomorrow, 22. Thursday, 20. Friday, 19 degrees in summer. In Adelaide. So make the most of this warmish day while you can. Uh, we are going to get into a sports update thanks to Prep, the athlete's choice of performance, hydration, drinks. The great thing is there's always sport to talk about. There certainly is. And Steve Smith has won the 2023 Allen Border Medal, just becoming the third Australian cricketer to win the coveted prize 
on four occasions. He enjoyed a prolific 12 months in the Test arena, especially plundering 863 runs at 71 and innings, including three centuries. The 33-year-old was also impressive in the ODI format as well. Uh, and we saw a couple of South Australians win some awards as well, uh, with Tali McGrath taking out the women's T20 Player of the Year. And our guest a bit later on in the show, Matt Short, took out the men's BBL Player of the Year. So a couple of uh, awards for our South Australians, which is uh, always good to see. Well, he should be in the conversation to play for Australia, Matt Short. And, um, yeah, it would be great to speak to him about that, to talk about um, his ambitions, obviously his commitment to the strikers because he spent a fair bit of time playing in Victoria. But he's been brilliant. And I think it's a it's a really good case study for uh, the BBL moving into BBL 13 next year is where do you target finding these players? Because it's players like uh, Matt Short that you can really build a team around and I think one of the things you'll find out with um with the finals which are happening at the moment now the Sydney Sixers lose Steve Smith, Usman Khawaja is off, Marnus Lavashane's off, uh, Mitch Swepson's off, so um, they they lose players now all of these teams with the Australian representatives. So it's it's kind of nice for us that we had Matt Short for the whole campaign, but I, I think he'd obviously be dreaming for bigger and better things. Yeah, and we we know Rashid Khan and Chris Lynn as well that that left. Uh, a few weeks ago. So yeah. just talking to him about the, the team dynamics and is there a way we can hold on to these players for for the whole tournament? Uh, we'll get his thoughts on that for sure. Um, for the NFL fans out there, the lineup for this year's Super Bowl was decided yesterday with the Kansas City Chiefs winning uh, a, was a second um, half thriller against the Cincinnati Bengals, 23-20 to 20 in the AFC Championship game. Uh, and earlier this, in that morning, uh, yesterday morning, the Philadelphia Eagles thrashed San Francisco 31-7. to So it'll be the Eagles and the Chiefs uh, in two weeks' time uh, will face off in the Super Bowl with the Pro Bowl being next week. So um, good news for the Kansas City Chiefs, though, with, with Mahomes battling a bit of an ankle injury. He was hobbling around on one leg there and and found a way to, uh, to to knock off the Bengals. But um, a bit of redemption too, because uh, Joey Burrows uh, and the Bengals knocked the Chiefs off in the same game last year. So come down to the last 30 seconds with, uh, with a play that was a bit controversial. It was a, a defensive uh, error by... By the Bengals, costing him a 15-yard penalty, which uh, allowed the Chiefs to score a field goal. So, um, so the, the Pro Bowl is, is the NFL's version of the All-Star Game, correct? correct. I, I like that format too, how they have it um, prior to the Super Bowl. Everybody's still um, fit. The, the players that aren't competing in the Super Bowl, they still get to, to do that. So, I mean, it's something to, to think about. Um, I think it, it works well. And potentially that's one of those one of those matches that Australia could really try and get. Um, that would be pretty incredible if that came to Australia. It certainly would be. I think we would be a little bit down the pecking order though, yes. in terms of uh, in terms of destinations for it. But uh, well, if they get to go on a junket and they yeah, go out nev- afterwards. Never say never. Take them to the Barossa if they wanted to do it somewhere else. Um, and we had some big football news come out yesterday as well. Obviously, Adelaide United will speak to Mark Milligan about everything related to uh, the draw with Melbourne City over the weekend and um, the health and well-being of Juan Day, but more of a, a national um Sphere certainly, and I know you're very excited about this news too, Jared. In uh, in Graham Arnold is signed on to be the the Socceroos coach, uh, and he's been quoted saying uh, he's never uh, been stronger. Um, 
in terms of signing a multi-year deal in taking our Socceroos hopefully to a, another World Cup. Let's have a listen to him. I said to JJ and, and, and the board that if I did stay on, it's something that I want to do to leave a legacy for, for men's football, but also uh, to help the kids. So, you know, again, it wasn't just a matter of just signing for the Socceroos. Yes, I looked at other clubs that I could have gone to in, 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 in Europe, had a couple of offers from uh, Middle East nations, but at the end of the day, I want to help Australia. I want to help the kids, but also <clears throat> probably what inspired me the most was seeing those fan sites, seeing how the Socceroos reunited the nation and seeing how many people love Australian football. And uh, just to see that was uh, something, again, that's just driven me even more to, you know, help the game as much as I can over the next three and a half years, not just the Socceroos. So you were over in Qatar yep. following the Socceroos closely this year. Uh, your observations on Graham Arnold and, and how he went about it? The, the big thing I'll say is that the players absolutely love him. They love playing for him. You can see that there's a, a real togetherness in the squad. Um, I feel that this could have gone one of two ways. After their lead up to the World Cup, we had a disappointing build up. We had a disappointing result um, in Sydney against Japan. And then our farewell matches against New Zealand were also quite underwhelming. So there are a few question marks going into the campaign. And there was a, a big media storm as well about whether Arnie was the right man to do the job. And you can see what happened in Qatar. One of the things that I noticed wasn't necessarily football related because he's obviously there because um, he can coach a football side. With Sydney FC, his resume is second to none. We were looking at it earlier. I was lucky enough to go to an open training session over in Qatar at the Aspire Academy where the Socceroos were staying and to watch how Arnie interacted with the staff, with the sponsors who were there, with the supporters, I think that is one of the things that really contributes what he has done for Australian football. Um, the football side of things takes care of itself but he's really accessible and he's really personable. And I think we need someone like that as our Australian coach. Um, if he's going to manage this side going into the Asian Cup, which the pressure's on now, we need to perform and we need to win that. And going into the next World Cup campaign where we need to continue what we've started to grow, the pressure's going to be on him, obviously. So that's going to be a very much a watch this space. But I really admired seeing that how um, he got around everybody, the, the players' families, Everyone involved in that campaign, he made them feel part of that journey, which I think is a really big thing. And it probably ca came out in their performances, really, because we weren't expected to do a whole lot at this World Cup. Exactly. And, uh, the way the boys went about it, uh, it was it was obviously uh, a sign of the, the strong relationships that uh, he did have with those players. And, and it, it happened over a long period of time, as yeah. you said, spending time not only with the players, but with their families and and uh, making sure everyone was on the same page. The, the good news is that the Socceroos will have a couple of home games as well in 2023, leading up into um, preparation for the Asian Cup too. So hopefully we get one here in Adelaide. We love seeing them play at Adelaide Oval or play at the newly revamped Cooper Stadium. We never know. This was all thanks to Prep, a delicious fruit-based smoothie clinically proven to boost hydration and reduce fatigue. It's 14 minutes to seven. Next, we'll speak to Mark Choco-Williams. Good morning. Soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. Nine minutes to seven. Good morning, Adelaide. 
Last day of January, which means we start turning our attention to football pre-season right in the swing of things with a couple of pre-season matches. Going to be announced really soon for both our teams, but let's head over the border and head to Victoria with a big South Australian presence as well. Um, A man that has had such an influence on South Australian football, but not just that, uh, football in general coming from a brilliant family. We speak of Mark Williams. Good morning, Mark. Thanks for joining us on SENSA. Yeah, it's uh, wonderful to uh, to be with you. So, how are you all going? We're going very well, thank you. It's a pleasure to speak to you. Uh, nice and early as well. I think you are our earliest guest so far on the show, so we're amped to be speaking with you. How's pre-season going with Melbourne? Uh, yeah, it seems to be going pretty well. We uh training really hard as they uh, usually you know, do at this time of the year, trying to change a a few things in the game style to get a little bit better and uh, recognising the fact that we do a lot of stuff good. And uh, obviously we've got Grundy in now and uh, uh, Lockie Hunter. So trying to fit them into uh, you know the group so that everyone knows how they go and they know uh, what the rest of the teammates go. So it's, uh, it's always a, a you know, pretty interesting time at this time of year. Good morning, Choco. Uh, Bryce Gibbs here. Um, just to follow on from... Hello, Bryce. How are you, Choco? Uh, just to follow on from that, um, there's a lot of reports coming out of, of Melbourne that uh, the people that have gone to watch Melbourne play, uh, sorry, train in this pre-season, they've set the bar in terms of intensity and, and hunger to, to get better. Um, so I was just wondering, is, is that uh, a Simon Goodwin thing that he set the precedence is that uh, a player driven thing the the leadership group taking ownership of that because from all the the Melbourne teams uh, Melbourne seem to be setting the bar in terms of training pre-season and and the intensity that they train at yeah well Goody certainly leads the way there's no doubt about that he uh, he's very much inclusive with the um, the leadership group you know Max Gorn and uh, Jack Viney they they really lead the way and uh, as, I don't know, four, four or five others in that group and they set the standard for the group and uh, everyone really cracks in because of it. It's, uh, it's exciting to watch. They come to improve every training session. So uh, uh, as a coach, it's, it's always um, you know, a bit of a delight to be amongst uh, players that are like that. We get to round 10 back in 2022 last year, Choco. I'm, I remember I'm in my car listening to um, SEN and thinking, well, Melbourne aren't going to lose a game this year. And then things changed pretty quickly. On Your reflections of last season, was that it challenging to know that you, you went from being the hunter to being the hunted? And it just shows that the depth of the competition, that, that every team is getting better. And unless you're on your A game, um, things can, can turn pretty quickly. Oh, there's no doubt. You know, no one's got the right to win every game, and uh, you know we we'd won I don't know 18 in a row or something. The week you know combined the end of last year to the start, and uh, uh, you probably lose a little bit of the edge when that happens. But uh, you know, from week to week, we we were trying to win the next game every week, and uh, uh, obviously the opposition start to track you down and look at you. But you know, there were some contributing factors as well. You know, Tom McDonald got injured and. Uh, a couple of other things happened in regard to our forward line, which was um, probably, uh, you know, our, our defence, I think, we were number one in the AFL for the last couple of years, with uh, led by Troy Chaplin. And, um, 
you know, our, our offense or our forward line probably uh, didn't function as well as it, it might. We we went inside 50 enough times, didn't score enough. So, uh, uh, but, you know, we've been working on that. And, uh, you know, obviously getting uh, Grundy and uh, Max Max to work together now, we're, uh, we're intending to win a lot of stoppages and get the ball in our forward line. And, you know, Tom McDonald's back and there's a young kid named... Jacob Van Ruin, who played really well at the end of last year, that uh, was within a, a whisker of getting a game. So, um, you know, we expect him to to, uh, to have an opportunity at the start of the year. So with that, that forward line structure, obviously, with Grundy coming in, uh, what sort of split do you, do you see these guys playing in the ruck? Will it be a 50-50 thing? Will it be a, you know, a 60-40 thing? What's the mix going to look like? Or, or are you still trying to work that out uh, at the moment? Yeah, yeah, there's no, there's no set thing, you know. On different days, it'll be different. You know, if someone's firing up forward line, they might stay there a little longer, and the others, you know, that, they can play the whole game in the ruck. You know, uh, that's that's how good they are. They're fantastic runners. Um, Max obviously has had a, a bit of a hamstring for the last couple of weeks, so uh, you know that's put the plans of uh, you know working the combination a little bit uh, on hold, but. Uh, He's back running and kicking now, so I assume he's going to play in about a week's time. Um, so that'll, that'll be good just to, to see how it all works out. But as I said, I, I don't think you can uh, set in stone uh, this is how Melbourne's going to play. It's, it's going to be um, you know, horses for courses on different particular days. So what does your day-to-day look like, Choco? Is it similar to last season? For those that don't really know the structure of your role at uh, the Demons, can you talk us through that? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> look, I, I don't have a line. I'm in charge of a thing called the David Needs Academy or the DNA Group, which is the first to third-year players. Uh, when they become a fourth-year player, they move out and go on, on to the, you know, the rest of the group. But uh, uh, So I have a specific meetings with those young guys. I watch them play. I, I uh, you know... Together with the welfare and the psychologists and whoever else, you know, goodies in there as well. But we uh, we spend a lot of time and love uh, trying to get the uh, development of the young players. I, I did a similar role at Richmond um, uh, for the four years I was there. Uh, has a dramatic impact. And uh, the great thing about it is I, I can now show, you know, early days I would talk about Lloyd and Lucas and maybe Corns and Treadray and their progression and trying to give our young players the idea that uh, these great players don't start as, uh, you know, guaranteed uh, great players that uh, uh, are going to make it. They they have their doubts and, uh, you know, they have their ups and downs of form. And um, But to, to be able to talk about uh, the journeys that they go on and uh, give them some sort of certainty, um, all of a sudden now they've got lots of premierships hanging over their heads and, and uh, you know, that's, that's what uh, I hope to be able to, uh, create uh, each year and uh, give these guys some direction, some hope and some, some care and love and, and a bit of a, a push when they need it to, uh, to get there as quickly as they can. And sometimes... Uh, besides that, I, besides that I'm, um, you know, I look after the kicking and the tackling at the club. Uh, so they, they, are, they are my two, uh, two areas that I, I work on and, uh, and you know, goody trust me with that stuff and I absolutely love the, the fact that I can get out there and take a uh, few of the drills at the start of, start of training. And then I, um, you know, watch and 
help and discuss, uh, you know, some of the progressions of the coaching, you know, whether it's uh, Troy Chaplin or Adam Uze, both really credible, uh, you know, um, candidates for the next coaching job. Uh, you know, so I talk about their progression, having obviously overseen, um, it's probably eight, eight or yeah, right now we had Kingsley the other day get the job, but uh, you know still got Dewey in there and uh, Alistair and and Damien and all, all of these people being at uh, at Port um, at that time. It's, it's great to see that um, uh, you know um, they are enjoying their their coaching and they're progressing in their coaching, and I really look forward to seeing Adam uh, at GWS and see how he goes as well. So you mentioned you, you're working closely with the the first to three year players, and it's a it's a I can imagine it's a pretty tough side to to crack into with with some of the the names, especially through the midfield and and down back. Uh, who's impressed you the most uh, out of those first to three year players, and can you see any of those guys uh, getting an opportunity this year? Uh, yeah, well. Goody's uh, openly stated that, that you know all, all uh, positions are available, and uh, you know, there's no limits on uh, on the progression of any of them. Uh, we're, we're in the business of uh, picking the side that's going to win and uh, that's going to give us the opportunity to win the grand final. So, uh, as I said, Jacob, little um, uh, Ruckman, uh, sorry, big tall forward. Um, He's got an opportunity. Uh, there's some you know, young guys. Uh, Taj Woden's coming through nicely. Um, Shane's uh, son from Western Australia as well. Uh, the, the, guy, the people in Adelaide might, may not know, but um, similar to the Yes NFL, uh, we play also our, our reserves play in the VFL, and we, we won last year. So there's probably 14 or 15 of the young guys uh, are premiership players. Uh, from last year, and that was a, a wonderful thing for them in regard to their development, to being able to handle the big moments and uh, deliver, uh, you know, after the disappointment of their senior team losing, uh, to still uh, uh, go on and win the, you know, the VFL. Uh, that, that was great. Um, so, you know, I, I see that progression. I, I also see, you know, um, people like Tom Sparrow. I think he's improved uh, immensely. Uh, I think that he's going to uh, really step up again in the uh, in the senior team. Uh, but uh, uh, there's some really good ones coming through, and uh, you know we hold their hand, uh, play two or three games, give them some um, uh, ambition to, to, and, and belief that they can get there. And uh, who knows what the limit is when they. Uh, they finally get a game. Choco, we appreciate your time on SENSA Breakfast. All the best for the D's this season. And obviously, we'll catch you in Adelaide next year for the uh, the 20th year celebrations of the Port Adelaide 04 Premiership. So you'll be looking forward to coming back for that one? Yes, it's a, it's a long time since. And, uh, you know, obviously, the Port people will be looking forward to uh, the next one very quickly. But uh, uh, we were lucky enough, we went to the... Uh, Port Adelaide Magpies, we had a reunion uh, just before Christmas um, down at the lakes and it was just un- unbelievable to catch up with, uh, I think it was the 1979 Premiership team um, all, all got together uh, and uh, it, was, uh, it was great great to be uh, amongst the, the players, you know, when you spend some time with them. And uh, you talk about uh, uh, we got 
Bryce there. I can remember Bryce when I was coaching first ever at Glenelgan. I was coaching his dad, and uh, Bryce was there. And we had a table tennis table. It was a very active table tennis table, but Bryce wouldn't let anyone on it. He was the one that wanted to win every game. And uh, from then, I could tell how competitive he was and uh, what a great uh, career you have as well, Bryce. So well done, mate. Thanks, Choco. Appreciate that. He's as competitive in the radio studio as well. So, Choco, thanks for your time on SENSA, mate. Have a great week. No worries. Not too far away, Mark Milligan from Adelaide United. We've got to go to the news as well. We are here at SENSA Studio, Lumo SA, 1 King William Street, and powered by Lumo Energy SA. Good morning. Good morning to you. Six minutes after seven on this Tuesday morning, going for 26 degrees across Adelaide today. one 736 736 You can give us a call if you're listening on the app. I reckon it's one of the best ways to do it. Then you can just press a button and you can get involved via text or the talk back line. Uh, we are here thanks to Tire Power. Big holiday sale now on. We've got a couple of Twitter polls up as well asking about our GOAT Australian tennis players uh, and also the AFL recruit, which is most important to their new club in 2023. And you can stop sending in photos of snakes now on Twitter too. I've made the mistake of um, putting up a photo of a snake that appeared in my neighbourhood yesterday, and now people are just sending images of snakes on social media, and I don't like it at all, Bryce, so I regret even mentioning it. Well, you dug your own grave there, so uh, you can uh, deal with it. <laughs> Thanks so much for your support, and that's what I love about you. You're such a supportive <laughs> character. <laughs> What's happening? We just spoke to Mark Williams, uh, and we've learned that you ask a couple of questions to uh, Choco, and he'll speak for a while, but it's great to have him on. Um, it'd be great to have him back in South Australia as well. He's always a really commanding presence. If you think about the impact that he's had on um, – on not just players at Port Adelaide and Mel, when you think about what he's done for Dustin Martin off the field, he's, he's been brilliant, but there's also a lot of other AFL news going around. There certainly is. So we'll get stuck into our footy shorts and keep it nice and short, pardon the pun, or pun intended, Jared. Um, oh, good one. Yeah. <laughs> Scotty Lysett <laughs> has come out and said that his reconstructed shoulder is ready to go and to, that he'll be able to carry the AFL workload with a bunch of youngsters snapping at his heels, uh, Walshie. Um, obviously, Scotty Lysette just played the four games uh, and was going to be a big hole to fill until uh, a man called uh, Jeremy Finlayson uh, stood up and played the ruck role uh, very, very impressively. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do there. They've also got the likes of Bryn Teagle, who they got in the mid-season draft, and, and Sam Hayes. Uh, Dante Vesentini as well, um, two young up-and-coming ruckmen. So um, I think it's good. It's creating a bit of uh, competitiveness in within the ruck stocks at Port. So Scotty certainly understands that uh, he'll get the nod as the number one ruckman to start, but he knows there's a couple of guys snapping at his heels to, to take over that mantle. There's an intra-club trial that should be announced uh, in the next couple of weeks, which will be great to see. But I think there's been... Uh, last year, as you said, Jeremy Finlayson jumped into the ruck and Bryn Tickle had a brilliant first half and then hurt his shoulder and was out for the majority of the, the second half of the season. But Sam Hayes had a crack. Um, Dante, too. There's a, I, th- I still think there's a big divide between Scott Lysett and someone like Dante Vicentini or um, Sam Hayes. So they'd need to make sure that those boys have developed because th- these were one of the, the injuries that really... Um, put a, a bit of a stop to the season last year, especially early with Scott Lysett going down, Charlie Dixon going down a Lear early in the season. And we saw what happened first five games, all losses. So 
He's not someone that I think is ready to hand over that mantle yet. No, not always. Still got uh, a lot of good footy left in him, and the uh, the midfield will be very excited to have him back, him tapping it down their throat. Uh, and the AFL uh, is set to crack down on players attempting to draw 50-metre penalties from fake handballs once a mark's taken. So we saw this a bit during the year with the, the stand rule coming in. Players would take a mark, turn around, and fake to handball, obviously getting a reaction from the, the man on the mark, which would then result in a 50-metre penalty. So mm. the AFL have come out and said the penalty will no longer apply if a player fakes a handball uh, and they get a, a knee-jerk reaction from the man on the mark, which makes a lot of sense to me. Some common sense has finally prevailed. Obviously, it's the smart players try to exploit uh, the rules where they can and was in their right to do that. There was nothing wrong with it, but uh, some common sense is going to prevail and you will not be penalised for trying to smother a fake handball. For a, a game which has been around for longer than I can remember, we do change the rules a lot, though. That happens a lot. Well, I do. Sometimes I do feel there's a, a rules committee or you know, whatever they have down there at the AFL. And some, some years... Some people just have to justify their job okay, and be seen to change the rules just for the sake of it. Yeah, because it, it's bloody annoying. I, I agree with you because a lot of other sports, they just go, here are the rules. We don't have to change them. If you look at something like the, the world game, they don't change their rules. They're like, no, we'll just, we'll just leave it the way it is and you guys can get used to it. If there's a 12-month period where the game's in a really good spot, the rules are fine, it don't, you don't need to just go and change something for the sake of it. Did you find when, when you were um, bouncing back and forth between the Sandful and the AFL, um, the uh, last touch to out-of-bounds rule, was that difficult for you to get your head around at the time to then transition back into the AFL? Like that, well, I can see because of the inconsistencies there throughout all competitions, that would have been quite challenging. Uh, yeah, it, it was actually. It was a challenge coming back to the Sandful and then to switch onto it, not so much go back into the AFL system and then and play not having it. It was it was more you it'd go out of bounds and then you'd slightly switch off and start walking over to a stoppage, but then knowing that, oh, that's actually yeah. still in live play. So um, it is a rule that I do like, though, and I wouldn't mind we're talking about not changing the rules. No, but I'm, I think we're I on the same page with that. I wouldn't actually mind seeing that one come in into the AFL. I, I think it's a good rule, keeps the game going and... Um, and whatnot, but uh, yeah, th there is, you do have to think about it a little bit differently and it does catch you out at times having different rules, say, in the AFL to, to the sample for sure. If you want to get involved on our Twitter polls today, make sure you do so. Uh, we have uh, plenty of giveaways, including that Signet Boost Power Bank. It's valued at fifty nine ninety five. A Signet Boost Power Bank will keep your phone, tablet and earbuds powered 24-7. We had a text from Chris Already this morning uh, in regards to Matt Short, who we're speaking to really soon. We did. Uh, and Chris is wondering if Matt Short intends to put his name up for other T20 tournaments around the world. Also, we'll, uh, he wants to know if we can get him to play for the Redbacks uh, sooner rather than later. So... Thanks for the questions, Chris. Chris, we'll uh, pass them on to Matt for sure. Yeah, we're going to speak to Matt Short at about quarter to eight. But next, we will head to Hindmarsh and chat to Mark Milligan from Adelaide United after 
A disappointing weekend for numerous reasons. Of course, we'll check in on the health of one day and George Blackwood and find out how their preparations have started, if they have, for Brisbane Raw this weekend. It's SENSA. Good morning. Ten minutes past seven on this Tuesday morning. We are here uh, at SENSA Studio Lumo SA, One King William Street and powered by Lumo Energy SA. After 8 o'clock, another edition of The Bryce is Right. I've given you no notice on this one, Gibbsy. It's uh, it's definitely a it's a good one. Yeah, usually there has been some sort of idea or what sort of theme uh, it has been over the last week. But mm. you're going in The theme's blind. music. The theme's music. Okay, well, that's the first I've heard of that. Okay, so well, there's no need to a little bit blind. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> uh, it was uh, mixed results for Adelaide United over the weekend. Both our men's and women's team went to Amy Park to take on Melbourne City. Here's some of the goals from the men's match. Oh, Mescue. Vitilio could open the door here for Adelaide. Blackwood, 1-0. Extraordinary. 34 seconds on my watch. A terrible mistake by City inside their own penalty area. And George Blackwood, restored to the starting 11 today, has pounced. Good wins. Corner. There's another one. Ryan Kitto. Just his second of the season. Melbourne City score from a corner, and Adelaide say, we can do that too. 2-1 for the Reds. Oh, that's a risky ball by Voss, and Craig Goodwin accepts the gift. Fascinating game to watch for so many reasons as Mark Milligan joins us. Millsy, good morning to you. We need to ask straight away uh, for the people that, that aren't updated with the health and well-being of Juan Day. We know he's still in, in Melbourne at the moment um, post-surgery. How's he going? Yeah, morning, gentlemen. Um, yeah, I think all reports so far are that uh, the surgery surgery went well, and uh, yeah, he's just uh, he's just recovering at the moment. Um, his wife obviously travelled uh, travelled to Melbourne as soon as possible, and so she's she's there with him. And obviously, Anthony uh, from the club is with him, and and the PFA as well have been wonderful. I think Bo has been, uh, which is. Um, has been with him for most of the day yesterday, which is wonderful. Uh, such traumatic scenes that, that happened there. Um, obviously, Javi Lopez was really shaken up and emotional. Isaias, um, Carl Viet post-match too. I, I saw you speak while that the 30-minute interval happened, and it's it's something that I've never seen in football before with such a, a pause in play. And the, the ambulance issue is another conversation altogether. We, we have an ambulance at Cooper Stadium for every Adelaide United match. So um, what was it like being on on the ground level there and witnessing what happened? Yeah, it was uh, obviously a little bit surreal. As I said, not only, you know, if I've not experienced that kind of uh, a delay in the game, obviously I've not, uh, you know, experienced that kind of, I guess, trauma. Um, we we all know, you all know it's part of the game and, you know, these things are a possibility and, and can happen. But, um, yeah, like I said, it, it's sort of always in the, I guess, you know, it's never in the forefront of your of your thoughts. So, <laughs> um, yeah, look, it's... It's an unfortunate thing. I don't think either player could really have done much differently. It's um, it was just one of those uh, in, uh, incidents that uh, I guess, as I said, you, you, you never expect, but you know uh, is always possible. So um, look, it's it's it, it's just unfortunate. I think the incident. 
Uh, and just following on from that, Millsy, was it a challenge to, to get the focus back on the footy? I mean, obviously, all the players are so close and, and the relationships are strong. And we saw that you know, there, there was a couple of guys that were a little bit distressed. Um, and then the, the break in play, there's still uh, you know, 40 minutes of half an hour of play to still continue. Was it a challenge to get the, the, the mind switched back on and, and sharp? Because the game was, was well and truly in the balance at that stage as well. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think first and foremost, you, you see how close uh, the players are, uh, regardless sort of anything. They spend a lot of time together. Um, you know, they've played together for a few years now. I think the the... The way, not the way that it happened. I guess the, um, you know, the whole the whole ordeal for them uh, would be difficult to refocus. I think you add on top of that the time that that um, you know it takes to to look after one day in the in the right way, and then tell the boys that they have to go and win a football game. Um, yeah, it would be. It, it is difficult. Just before we um, focus on the football side of things, I think one of the things that has been missed throughout um, what, what happened with one day was George Blackwood. I, I I had to stop and take a breath after he scores 30 seconds in and then he what looks like hyperextends his knee where uh, with George's track record of injury, I thought the worst. And I'm, I'm hoping that it's not the worst. Do you have any updates on George? No, so he went for a scan. He got sent for scans yesterday afternoon. Obviously, with that kind of injury as well, they need to give it a little bit of time to settle down and make sure that uh, you know the imagery that they get is correct. So he went for scans yesterday afternoon, and yeah, we'll find out exactly what's going on there this morning. But but look, we're we're, we're hopeful that uh, you know it's not too serious. Um, you know, he settled down quite well after the game. So um, yeah, obviously he doesn't have a uh, an excellent track record in terms of um, injuries. He's not uh, he's not been the most fortunate in that sense. But uh, like I said, he he was quite positive afterwards. So look, hopefully the scans come back and and it's not too bad. What did you make of the game, Millsy? Really strange one. I said to Gibbsy earlier that a couple of defensive errors from Melbourne City allowed us to capitalise and score, which we'd be we'd be happy with. Um, the getting the one point due to a, a penalty, something I'm, I'm sure we're not happy with, but against the top of the table team that uh, is in their home city, what did you take away from it as a, as a coaching group? Um, yeah, look, a, a lot of positives. Um, I think we can talk about defensive errors from City, but I think that uh, the, the, the pressure and intensity that especially we started with, uh, you know, caused caused that to happen. I think the way that we pressed, I think the way that Carl set us up to press uh, really had an effect on, on the way that they were able to do things and the way that they were able to execute. I think, um, you know, ultimately, uh, to a degree, we showed, especially, I guess, the to, they're top of the table. They're a very good team and they're top of the table for a reason. But I think we showed to our boys that, um, you know, if you go out and you execute and you do things properly, uh, you know, they're human too, whether they're at home or away. So I think... Um, Take the result aside. I think the boys will take a lot of confidence from you know from that game, and I think the conditions that they had to do it in, you know, which obviously we've touched on, um, was 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 tough uh, in the end. I think uh, we're probably good for three points for that, you know, 65 minutes leading into that. So um, it, it, I think overall, uh, quite a few positives for us, to be honest. 
Yeah, I think we can take a, a lot of confidence leading into the Brisbane Raw this week at, uh, at home on Saturday night. Um, I just wanted to get a word on your thoughts on Graham Arnold. Obviously, extended his contract overnight with the national side. Obviously, uh, reward for, for an amazing World Cup uh, campaign. Um, do you think he's, he's the right man for the job uh, over the next couple of years? Yeah, well, the FA do, and I think that's most important. I think that it's good that they've they've made a decision, uh, you know, rather quickly. Uh, they they needed they need to show confidence. I think in Arnie, um, in terms of that's if that's the, the the coach that they want for this next four four year cycle, it's good that they've gone and shown that confidence early. So look, it's it's going to be another you know interesting cycle, uh, in terms of there's the Asian Cup as well, um, which you know historically has been good for us but can be very difficult as well so um it's going to be an interesting year but but as i said it's good that they've stepped up now and you know secured arnie rather quickly the players know now what's coming over the next four years he can really focus in on you know what he wants to do and what he needs to do and, and get to work straight away now milsey before we let you go this is radio so no one can see what's going on but it, it sounds like you've been doing the dishes throughout this interview what's what's happening at home or are you at training have you been doing the dishes or making a coffee no, I'm definitely not doing the dishes. My wife's doing the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I, I do, I do do the dishes. Yeah, oh, you I'm just yeah, you you same yourself. Eight dishes at the same time, <laughs> mate. Uh, we appreciate um, your time as always. We love speaking to you again. Um, I've been in touch with one day, which is um, it's great to check in on him. But we we know how tight the club is, and we we can see uh, the impact that an injury has on such a tight knit group. But um. Again, the way that you spoke during the broadcast over the weekend is a credit to yourself during a challenging time for you and the club. And we just got to look forward now and obviously use a bit of motivation to beat the Roar on the weekend, who um, they also have a point to prove as well. So it'd be great to see you at Cooper Stadium on the weekend. And thanks for your time again, mate. No worries. Thanks, guys. We'll Mark, talk soon. Mark Milligan, a great person to have around at Adelaide United. And it's going to be a big match at Cooper Stadium on Saturday. Um, it's also going to be a, a really big edition of the Bryce's Right, which is not too far away, Gibbsy. And I might give you another clue next as well. Uh, if you want to get involved on the show, the text line 0427-154-166. We are here. Thanks to MG coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. It's SENSA. Tire power. Winning deals always. MG, coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. Good morning, Adelaide. I'm just uh, observing our very own Bryce Gibbs just waving to people walking past SENSA Studio Lumo at 1 King William Street, powered by Lumo Energy SA. So if you're in the area, you can walk past and wave into the studio. Matt Short, not too far away, not only from the Adelaide Strikers, but officially the best player in the BBL, uh, which is brilliant that he belongs to the Strikers. If you've got any questions you want to ask him as well, send us a text 0427 154 166. Tire power. Winning deals always. MG. Coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. 22 minutes to eight. Going to be 26 degrees across Adelaide today. Good morning to you. If this is the first time you've heard SENSA Breakfast, Bryce Gibbs is here. Uh, Mark Bickley is joining us in a few weeks' time. And 
Look, this is this is a safe space. It's a great learning environment here, and we've just worked out that the desk here in uh, Studio Lumo, uh, it's powered by Lumo Energy SA. It can move up and or down, so we can sit down or stand up when we are speaking with you, lovely listeners. And Bryce, for the first time, we're standing up now. It's different. It is a little bit different, and I don't mind the change up. It's, it's uh, different you, energy. You look like a kid in a candy store, pressing all the buttons and watching all the things move up and down and lights come on and off. You, it's so much fun. Small minds, eh? Thank you so much. All right, let's go into this. <laughs> you talk too much. You talk too much. Right, this is called Talking Heads. We wanted to discuss a few things that some of our SEN stablemates have said over the past 24 hours. So very soon we have some thoughts from our very own uh, Jared Healy, who uh, was brilliant yesterday with uh, Kane on Sports Day. But we wanted to turn our attention to Ian Healy, who yesterday on SEN Radio started talking about uh, cricket tour matches. Now, we've been part of this shenanigans too, by the way. Remember England came out, let's say, uh, 12 years ago, um, and their touring team played an Australian eleven, which our selectors picked just one fast bowler, and that was Ben Cutting, so that the Indi- the English batsmen couldn't get much practice. T- to me, that's not good enough. Uh, rather than playing, you know, when we were over there, we, we spent our time uh, whinging about these weakened county teams that England put up as our opposition before the series. Our, our focus in cricket has shifted from creating opportunities and experience for our best up-and-coming cricketers and legends. If they want to play against the touring team, let them play. Now we deny touring teams quality preparation before very highly anticipated series, and I don't like it. It's disappointing to watch such dismantling of trust between cricket's nations, and it needs to stop. Very passionate about it, Heels. He certainly is. You could just tell in his voice, mm. couldn't you? Um, I'm not I'm not the biggest cricket knowledgeable mm. person g- going around, but I think that you don't want to give your opposition anything. You, yeah, you know that's the sort of the way I look at it. So there's certainly tactics involved with those touring teams, I think, and you don't want to be putting all your cards on the table in a in a practice match leading in leading into a test series or a one day series or whatever it may be. I still think some of the some of the Australians deciding to go and play county cricket in preparation for the Ashes is is good for them to get familiar with how the ball's going to move and what the the wickets are like, but it's also a great insight for um, some of the English players to get an insight into how to play them best. Well, everyone's different as well, right? So mm. some players that would be a better part of their preparation in, in terms of leading into a series. So if if it's going to allow the players to play at their peak, should it be such an issue? He wouldn't remember this, but um, when I lived in Tasmania, Ian Healy came over to my house for dinner one night. Isn't that a bizarre sentence? Wow. Uh, and uh, we were sitting around the table, and all I can remember is that Ian Healy was at my house for dinner, and what I decided to do was go into my bedroom and create one of those posters that if you would have been too young for this, but there was a, a car dealership that if you made your own poster with the logo of the car dealership on a broadcast and it was shown, you went into the running to win a car. So I went and made a poster 
that I thought I would show Ian Healy and I used like cricket puns. I said, you may win the war, but spelt like Mark and Steve war, but we have a rifle like a, a Paul rifle. Like, so you're loving this at the moment. So I went and showed Ian Healy, who I don't know why he was at my house for dinner. And I said, what do you think of this? And all I can remember is him looking at me and he said, no, it's, it's really good. And now as an adult, I can imagine he was just saying that sarcastically because it was really bad. So I haven't spoken to him since. And I guess he hasn't been over for dinner since. Absolutely either. not. So it's triggering to hear his voice again. So we're not going to play Ian Healy again because of that traumatic experience that my family put him through. Um, Novak Djokovic is obviously uh, the talk of Australia. Twenty-two Grand Slam championships, his tenth Australian Open. Jared Healy thinks we should do something to signify it. Ten finals, ten wins. It's an incredible record, particularly given the era of Rafa, Federer, and Murray. Yes, he's not Australian. No, he's not universally popular like Nadal and Federer. But he has done more than any other individual to make the Australian Open the great slam it is today. At Roland Garros in France, they unveiled a statue of Rafa Nadal, a Spaniard, two years ago to acknowledge his ownership of the world's most famous clay court. At some stage, Tennis Australia need to do the same thing. Ten victories on Rod Laver Arena is still hard to comprehend. It needs an appropriate tribute when he retires. Sounded like he was tearing up at the end, Jared. He nearly lost his voice, didn't he? He did on SEN yesterday with uh, with Kane Corns and Sports Day. So we love that show that started. Uh, oh, <laughs> the silence. No, I'm just, uh, no. I Look, don't get me wrong. The, the significance of winning 10 Australian Opens is unfathomable. Like, I don't think anyone will do this ever again. Like, what he's done mm. and continues to do. And that's 10. He still might have a couple more left in him, yep. the way he's going and playing. A statue, I think we can find other ways to tribute Novak Djokovic and what he's done for tennis, but especially here at Melbourne Park uh, for, for all these years. I think we can maybe find a, an, another way of celebrating that when it's all said and done, other than a statue, I think. I think I'm with you. And... I think it would be very out of the norm, not saying that's a bad thing because I think it's important to challenge the norm. But if you look at statues, say, around Adelaide Oval, they're uh, influential South Australians who have, who have contributed to South Australian sport. If you walk around the MCG, influential Australians, I think it would be a little bit unique to have someone that's not Australian um, with a statue. So I think I'm with you. you he could be honoured in any other particular way. i I, some, I don't know if it sounds strange, but I sometimes think that statues are reserved for influential Australians that have contributed to Australian sport. Yeah, I certainly agree. And they said uh, Rafa Nadal's it, uh, in Paris there at... Uh, Named Roland Garros. Roland Garros. Yeah. So yeah. Um, different countries obviously mm. see things a little bit differently and that's completely fine. He, he's also, he's in that same sort of bracket for the French Open, isn't he? Yeah. Um, in terms of what, what he's done in that competition. But uh, yeah, I think... I don't know, maybe like they used to do with the, the McGarry medal, medalist. You know, you get, they plant a tree. Maybe they can put a tree for Novak. So you're saying there, that Novak plant, should maybe. go next to the Yarra and plant a tree. Plant a tree for him, a little plaque there. That's, that's so what you're saying is he's won 22 Grand Slams and to signify um, his 10th Australian Open, he's going to the garden supply store to plant a tree. Yeah, put him in the botanical gardens there and 
it's a nice little tribute to him. No, it's good. So I would just like to say that we've now worked together for almost three weeks, and that's the worst thing you've that's said. So it's. Thing I've said. <laughs> so we're, we're just going to take a breather, and I think it's because uh, we're standing up in the studio. That just right come now. out. Sorry about that. We are going to chat to uh, Matt Short from the Adelaide Strikers, who is officially the best player in the BBL in a couple of minutes. Before that, though, let's go to Seaton and speak to George. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Morning, George. Morning, gentlemen. How are we today? Going well, thanks, George. That's good to hear. Just a couple of quick points. Uh, just the um, scientific miracle that is Novak Djokovic. You know, the man should be dead, but instead uh, he came back from the brink of death and uh, won the Australian Open. That's a big round of applause for their Novak's there. Good on him. And uh, secondly, the Australian media just can't help themselves, can they? He rocks up after the game wearing that tracksuit number 22 on there. Explain to me, Bryce, you know this, you played footy most of your life, or all your life. What's the difference with um, when you win an AFL Grand Final, you've already got T-shirts printed up for winning the Premiership and you're wearing them on the stage? What's the, big difference? What's the difference between that and, and what he did? Yeah, there's nothing different at all there, George, and, and you're spot on, but uh, it, was, uh, it was a pretty good power move, wasn't it? He was certainly preempted, and uh, I, I didn't have a problem with it. He's, no, it looked good uh, at the, the end. the sort of character that uh, obviously backs his talents in and... He knew he Back was line, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Thanks for your call, George. Make sure you call zero four two seven number one three hundred seven three six. Save the numbers. Make sure your phone. Um, Dave from Campbelltown, Bryce. Love the chat with Choco Williams. What a guest to wake up to. Speaks from the heart. So much passion. Um, if you missed that, that's no, uh, now live wherever get your podcast. So you can go and have a listen to that. Let's talk BBL though. Disappointing year for the Adelaide Strikers, but individually a brilliant year for our next guest. He ended up winning the BKT Golden Cap, the most runs in the competition, 458, including that incredible 100 match winning score at Adelaide Oval and officially the best player in BBL 12. Matt Short. Shorty, congratulations. Good morning. Are you hungover? Hello, Walshy. Lovely to hear your voice, mate. Um, oh, look, I am a little bit, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's good, mate. Congratulations. Um, got Bryce Gibbs here with me as well. What an, an outstanding year for you personally, which has been officially capped off with that award. But, mate, it's been a brilliant two years for you. I, I thought last year was a career best one, and I'm sure you're really satisfied reflecting now on um, a disappointing season for the team. But personally, surely you've had a bit of a moment to take it all in. Yeah, you're right, mate. I think, um, especially this year, I felt a little bit of pressure just to try and, um, you know, back up the, the form from last season. Um, so, yeah, I was pretty... I think that's been the most satisfying thing is, yeah, backing that up from last year, but... Um, no, you're right. It was a very up and down here. Um, obviously, some some very good memories, some good wins in there. Um, but then, yeah, a couple of losses we, we probably should have won, um, you know, and then to sneak into finals. But yeah, not the year this year, unfortunately. But yeah, hopefully, um, you know, looking forward to next year and hopefully go a few better. Does it does it disrupt the team a little bit with what we have had to do? We've been speaking about it for the past couple of weeks, Shorty, and that is, you know, we get. Rashid and, and Linny for a few games. Linny's the fourth highest run scorer in the competition, but they, they have to both go off to other competitions. And then um, we love having Trav and, and Kez back, but that also means that Harry Nielsen has to take a back seat for a little bit. Um, Ryan Gibson the same. So th- there is a, a bit of movement, especially in the back end of the BBL, which affects all teams. But when we're looking for consistency, we just need to, I guess, have a little bit more um, uh, flow. Yep. 
No, I think you nailed it. Um, yeah, I've spoken to a lot of people about, you know, what what we could do better or, um, you know, where we might have gone wrong um, this year. And I think that's sort of come up in conversation a little bit. Um, yeah, it's, it's been hard to, to keep the, the same guys on the park. Um, you know, you, you touched on it, Linny, Linny wasn't around the whole time and obviously uh, losing Rash. Um, you know, Sidzy, um sort of missing a few games with, with a bit of a niggle. Um, yeah, it's always hard to to keep those same guys on the park and, and find that consistency. Um, but yeah, you, you look at the the gun sides in you know Perth and, and Sydney Sixers. I think they've always got a a very you know consistent core group. Um, yeah, they're all, all all good players and and you know they just find a way to win. Um, you know a lot of the time, but I think you look at them and you know they structure up well. They're they're very consistent sides. Um, you know in terms of of not losing many players. You know throughout the year and. Um, yeah, I think it's something to, to look on for next year, um, you know, in terms of trying to keep the same same core guys on the park. And and how do you think that can happen, Shorty? Is that, a, is that do they need to shorten the season to, to allow to get all these games in while, you know, these players are still available? Do they need to, when when you're looking to sign new players, um, making sure that they're, they're not leaving halfway through the season for, for another franchise? Have you got any immediate quick changes that, the BPL can make to, to allow, as you said, because the team chemistry is so important. And at the start of the year, the, the strikers were absolutely flying, led led by yourself. So is there is there anything that comes to mind that, that can that can they can change really quickly to, to make that happen? Yeah, I think um, there's some big big chats going on at the moment. Um, yeah, with the the length of our season, um, I think changing from from 14 to 10 games, um, which I think allows yeah most. Well, a lot of the guys that, that do leave pretty much, you know, halfway through in, into another league overseas, I think, you know, it allows them to, to hang around for a lot longer um, in our season. So I think that would be the, the best change, um, uh, yeah, like, so far, just, you know, limiting the games. But, um, yeah, obviously there's a, a lot of a lot of politics and, and stuff that goes on behind the scenes with, you know, TV deals and, and all that kind of thing. So um, I think that, that makes makes a lot, lot, lot of sense, I think, just to, to shorten the, the tournament. So what happens for you now, Shorty? Obviously, a lot of people have spoken about um, international representation. You're still very young, and I, and I know you like to take it, um, you know, one, one game at a time without sounding too cliche. But uh, we had a question um, from Chris saying, do you, you think about putting your hand up for other T20 tournaments around the world? Yeah, absolutely. I think... Yeah, especially after the last couple of years, um, it'd be yeah very nice to uh, you know try and <clears throat> try and just you know get a get a bit of a taste of overseas and um, you know put my foot in the door there. Um, obviously, the T20 sort of circuit's a really good opportunity, um, you know, for, for any player to sort of set yourself up um, after cricket. So, no, definitely something I've I've, um, I've thought about. And, uh, but yeah, obviously. <laughs> The old cliches, you know, I can only focus on what I can now. It's uh, back in Victoria with the Shield cricket and one day is there. Um, but, yeah, definitely some, some things to think about, um, you know, coming into the next couple of years. That's a bit of a strange transition as well, isn't it? You go from playing in front of the best fans in the BBL at the Adelaide Strikers to to playing uh, Shield cricket, which you need to do and you love doing, but the, the fan engagement's a little bit different. Oh, massively. I think, <laughs> obviously, wherever you play in the, in the Big Bash, um, you know, the crowd numbers are... Are awesome, and then you, you know, a couple of weeks later, you're at the MCG, 
um, you know, 100,000 seats with only probably, you know, a couple of hundred people there watching. So it's, um, no, a bit of a change, but yeah, it's uh, obviously a great, great tradition of the game and um, a great format to play. And yeah, it's always an honour to chuck on the, the blue cap. Now, do you have the blue cap locked away for next year or uh, are you out of contract? Uh, no, still with Victoria again next year. So, um, oh, no, I'm asking no, about the Adelaide Strikers, I mate. I'll be across to the Redbacks. <laughs> uh, no, I, nothing signed at this stage, but no, definitely um, things are looking good to, to be coming back for sure. Well, you're the best player in the competition, so we will now need to start bringing heaps more cash your way. Just finally, um, you need to dispel this myth or rumour. You score the winning runs against the Hurricanes. You score 100 off the last ball, which is a tradition that the Adelaide strikers like to do. <laughs> then you said you had no idea that you made a century. You knew that we won the game, but you didn't know that you made 100. Is this correct, or were you just being the humble person that you are, Matt Short? <laughs> No, that is 100% correct. Um, I don't know, it was a weird one. Like, I reckon the last time I, I looked up the scoreboard and saw what I was on, I was on 60-something. Um, but then I, I guess they sort of put up, um, you know, how many runs you need off how many balls all the time and sort of don't really put your, your individual score up. So I was sort of just focusing on that. And, um, you know, obviously need the four off, off the last couple of balls and, and we got it. And I got the win and sort of celebrated whatever, carried on a bit. And then... One of the Hurricanes boys came up to me and said, "Oh, and congrats on the ton." So I sort of had to turn around again and have a look, and yeah, sure enough, you know, hundred was on the board, and um, yeah, nah. So that, <laughs> I had no idea. Well, we we love that you've been able to do that for the Strikers for the past couple of seasons, and looking forward to hopefully many more to come, mate. So, Shorty, congratulations um, on the field, outstanding off the field. We know how you carry yourself as well, so it's um it's a pleasure to have you here in South Australia. You looked absolutely gorgeous last night as well. We saw all the photos on social media, so well done. Ah, uh, thank you, and Maddie looked beautiful as well. Yes. Oh, well, I mean, we, we can talk about that off air, okay? Shorty, enjoy all the lovely <laughs> messages and congratulations. You're going to get um, an outstanding season in the BBL. Thank you. Appreciate it. Matt Short, great player, brilliant human being. Now we just need to come up with the cash to, to um, have him because he's going to be asking for a bit of money. He certainly had a, an outstanding campaign this year, and I don't care what he says. Oh, whoa, hold on. <laughs> he knew he was not far from a ton. Come there on. There is no way... You look at the score when you're on 60 and go, oh, yeah, I might be getting closer. There, He would have known absolutely that he was getting close to, my, to raising the bat. My favourite part of that night was he walked past because that was the first time that he was captain because Peter Siddle was out with injury. And he turned and looked just like that character off the movie um, uh, Captain Phillips with uh, Tom Hanks. And Matt Short said... I'm the captain now <laughs> after 100. We are playing. The Bryce is right next. We'd love to speak with you. one 736 736 team Ford Mount Barker for V6 Ranger. It's SENSA Breakfast. Winning deals always. MG coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. Five minutes past eight. Happy Tuesday. Everybody rejoicing, Bryce Gibbs, because school went back yesterday. You can see just a pep in the step of so many parents around South Australia. I'm feeling good. We did. And we, we exploit, exploited it, actually, as well, <laughs> the, uh, the send them back to school. So uh, my daughter, Madison, is three, and she we've moved her from um, daycare to ELC yep. at, uh, at Charlie's school. So... 
Uh, she w- didn't really like daycare. It was, it was a hard effort to, to get her in the door, a few tantrums, you know, don't go, don't go, a lot of tears. Uh, but we've sold it to her like she's going to school now. So yes, you're, okay. You're a big girl. You no more tantrums. Yep. Don't have to be sad. And I tell you, it worked a treat. I can't do tantrums. She not one tear yesterday, dropping her off at ELC. So uh, we we work the magic and happy days. This is good. This is really good. Okay, give us a call right now. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. If you want to win something, we have this Signet Boost Power Bank. It's valued at fifty nine ninety five. A Signet Boost Power Bank will keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered twenty four seven. If you call that number, you can speak to Jace. who will put you through because Bryce Gibbs is going to represent you in another edition of this. Bryce Gibbs, come on down. They need to get five answers correct to win our undying admiration and affection. And this pen, it's a ballpoint. All of that could be yours if the Bryce is right. New intro. So we've gone from no prizes to a couple of prizes. We've got now. a couple of prizes to give away right now. And uh, uh, Jace, uh, our producer, spent five days working on that intro. So, uh, look, the Bryce is Right is about testing your knowledge, Bryce Gibbs, on so many different things. We, uh, over the, the past few shows, have had pronouncing tennis players' names correctly, uh, famous quotes. Today is music-related. I wanted to test your knowledge on... Songs relating to AFL teams. So these are club songs because now preseason is coming to an end. So I wanted to see how good you are with knowing the first second of club songs. Well, I hope you're not playing the Carlton or the Adelaide song because we didn't sing it too often. Well, we will, we will find out once again if you want Bryce to represent you. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 So let's get into it. Here is song one. It's an, <laughs> easy, it's an easy one. It is. It is. But, uh, that's the Carlton football song. Well, let's find out. It is. Okay, one from one. Congratulations. So uh, it's a good start, but it's a slow burn because we like to make it a little bit more difficult. So here is song two. Do you want to hear it again? Yes, please. Uh, Is that uh, We're a Happy Team at Hawthorne? Let's find out. <laughs> we are Geelong, the greatest team of Bryce. all. We are Geelong, we're always on the ball. All right, one from two. Whoops. That's not good. Uh, song three. Oh, it's a big, big sound. It sure is. This is one of the best songs. Two from three. The Bryce is right at the moment. Here is song four. Bryce Gibbs. Oh. The Port Adelaide pair. Yes, it is. We know that one. So you can't lose at the moment, which is outstanding for you. But we've put one in for luck 
to finish off the Bryce's ride. It's been a great addition, I think. You've had a fun time standing yeah. up in the studio. Song five. Do you want to hear it again? Yes, please. You want to hear it one more time? Yes, please. <laughs> now, so, someone get on the text line I, I wanna, real quick. I want to put a caveat on this. Now, the caveat is, I said AFL team. I know exactly who, what song it is. Okay. What is it? It's uh, the South Adelaide theme song. Sure is. <laughs> this could take us to the break. We are the blue and white. We are the grand old blue and white. We're the team. Thank you so much as well on the text line 0427154166. Josh in Aldinga Beach. The Bryce's Right intro might just be the best one in radio history. We're setting the bar very low, but Josh might have to win the signet power boost for all because uh, all the callers that called in, we couldn't uh, we couldn't actually pick one. Let's take it to the break. Bryce Gibbs, come on down. Needing to get five answers correct to win our undying admiration and affection. And this pen, it's a ballpoint. All of that could be yours if the Bryce is right. Tire power. Winning deals always. MG. Coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. Going for 26 degrees today at 16 minutes past eight. Been a big show as well. Uh, we are here thanks to Tire Power Selected Kumo Tires. By three, get one free. Plenty of texts coming in. 0427-154-166. Dylan sent us a text saying that any time we play the Geelong theme song, he's happy. I missed one with the Bryce's ride as well. Can we do that really quickly before we get to Callum's text? Sure. Um, this one apparently is going to really test you, Bryce. So here is uh, one second of an AFL club song. That's not the, uh, yeah, Indigenous All-Stars? No, no, it's not. It's a, a team at the moment. I'll play it one more time. They're from um, a western part of Australia. AFL club. Yeah. I'll just I'll just reveal it because we'll, we'll... Sure. I mean, the show's got to finish soon, so you'll, you'll take ages. West Coast Eagles. Yeah, right. This is the thing. We listen to this. So this is Birds of Tokyo uh, yep. remade this song, and in my opinion, I love Birds of Tokyo, but they've ruined the song. Born is you imagine all the boys after a big win just getting in the circle singing this? I thought you were really trying to stump me, but you did. That's a, that's a good one. Well, you should have put that in the... No, but this is the good part of the song here. But as you said, we just don't hear it anymore. Yeah. Because they don't win. They didn't at all this year, or maybe one or twice. Yeah. All right, let's go to Callum's text. We did this one probably for you, I reckon, Jared. Uh, what is the contract situation for DJ with the 36ers? Would love him forever, but I still feel this season... Uh, he, sorry, for the first time this season, he's starting to show his age, uh, which makes the Sixers form even more frustrating. You're in the inner sanctum yes. a little bit. Yeah, so uh, DJ... 
the most highly decorated player at the club. Um, won the most amount of Mark Davis perpetual MVPs in the club are holding that on the 10th of Feb. I think it's going to be a really interesting off-season for the Adelaide 36s. They've got a lot of big decisions to make. So DJ has spent a lot of time on the bench this season with um, CJ giving time to Kai Soto, as he should because he's developing a young player. Um, with, our, with our imports as well, we don't know who's going to be at the side next year. So I think DJ's probably got a couple of decisions that he and his family need to make, whether he wants to stay at the club, pursue opportunities that may be presented overseas too. So I think there's a lot of watch this space. Um, I don't think he's necessarily showing his age. With basketball, It's it all comes down to where you are in the rotations, how many minutes you are getting in the, the style of game that you want to play, whether you're focusing on... The big men, as in the, the power forward and the centres, or you want to have a, a guard kind of focus game. So um, I'm not sure. I, I know that it's going to be the first year in a very long time he's not going to win the MVP. So that's going to be sad for him, but he'll get to enjoy the night now too. So as I said, there's one more game for the Adelaide 36ers on Friday night, taking on the Sydney Kings, the reigning champs, and it'll be really good to spoil their party as well. You can keep the text coming in 0427 154 166. We'll wrap up the show next. Tire power. Winning deals always. MG. Coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. Been a big show today. All of the guests that you may have missed, including uh, Mark Williams, Mark Milligan and Matt Short. Uh, the three M's all on our podcast as well, Bryce Gibbs. Uh, we've also chucked a couple of polls up on social media today. Let's go through some of the results of them as you are quickly going through the results yeah, right now. <laughs> I knew th- that through that four-minute break that I had to read this when we come out of the break. No, so, that's fine. Uh, my fault. We got there. So, two polls this morning. Who is Australia's greatest men's single player of the modern era? So, anyone from 1980 onwards. Uh, Pat Cash, Pat Rafter or Leighton Hewitt. Can reveal Leighton Hewitt wins the poll on 58.8%, followed by Pat Rafter, 31, 34.1%, and Pat Cash, 71 and the other poll which we threw out, which AFL recruit will be the most important to their new club in 2023? Speaking about the, uh, the, our SA teams, Port and the Crows, Jason Horn francis Junior Rioli or Isaac Rankin? Isaac Rankin, uh, 51.9%. Jason Horn francis 35.9%. And Junior Rioli, 12.2%. They're on board with us. We all said Isaac Rankin as well. Um, we did. They're all going to be of equal importance as well. We should say as well, um, without being too specific, if you think you are going to be a hero going around and taking photos or writing things on social media when you see AFL players living their lives, I think you need to kind of rethink that. I'm so anti-Twitter when it comes to that kind of stuff. Like, And it, it makes me uncomfortable to see that um, young people, let alone athletes, will get to a point where they don't want to leave their house in the case that someone takes a photo of them. Not doing anything wrong, just living their life. Yes, that uh, I'm, cer- I'm certainly with you. I've yeah. uh, lived and breathed that for sure. Uh, yeah, people just need to chill out a little bit. I just take, think take people need to breath. grow up, especially like, on Twitter. Put your put your profile picture up. Put your name there. I think that that needs to be uh, really policed so much more heavily, and it won't. 
but uh, I'm not not going to swear, obviously, but it really grinds my gears seeing that kind of stuff. And it's funny how things work out. It's the people that are doing those things on social media are usually the first one to yeah. want an autograph or a photo for their themselves or their, yeah. their daughter or their son. So um, yeah, it's funny how they can turn quickly or when you, when you square them up. Yep. They're quick to quieten down. Let's talk about autographs because tomorrow we want you to start thinking about this right now. Tomorrow we want to know the best bit of sporting memorabilia that you have. So I'm in the process of moving house at the moment. So I'm going through a lot of my old stuff. And over the weekend, I found some incredible bits of memorabilia and merchandise, which um, I'm glad I've held on to because a lot of stuff when I was younger, I threw out when we moved over to South Australia. So um, I want you to think about this as well, Gibbsy and Jace. Um, we, we'd love to hear from you tomorrow, whether it's on the text line 0427154166, but also want to see photos of this kind of stuff because everybody has some pretty important sporting memorabilia. I'm sure you've got heaps. I do. I do. I've got uh, a lot of my playing jumpers still. Um couple of Carlton pieces around the number one, mm-hmm. myself, Mark and, and Cruz, which are, which are hanging up at home. Um, but yeah, I've also got some, some sporting memorabilia, some soccer stuff, some basketball stuff. So uh, I reckon it's going to be a, a good topic for tomorrow. Were you at Carlton when Cam Guthrie swapped playing Guernseys with Chris Judd? I was, yeah. Do you think Chris Judd still has the Cam Guthrie Geelong Guernsey. No disrespect to Cam. He's a, a very good player in his own Premiership right. Premiership player. But I don't think CJ would have uh, his, his jumper handy if you, if you asked him. And this was Cam Guthrie, a young player Cam Guthrie, so not the now Cam Guthrie, but it's good to know. So, uh, look, tomorrow on the show also we're going to be catching up with someone from the Adelaide Crows, Matt Dolding from the Sandstool, and, of course, the Adelaide Giants who are in the finals, which is going to be a, a brilliant chat to our on board with the Giants. Make sure you listen to the podcast, and we will catch you tomorrow morning. See you, Gibbsy.